One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Ice creams, trips to the Lido, powerful fans. There are plenty of ways to ride out a heat wave. Today, we're doing our best to resist the heat by hiding out in a darkened studio, recording episode 31 of Fashion Unzipped. Thank goodness for aircon, right, guys? Yeah, do you know, in Paris, the aircon was like having a cat sort of breathe on you. It was so ineffective. And it was still better than nothing. It was I better than nothing. I brought three outfits to Paris for one day trip, and they were all, like, disgusting by the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, but you are sort of eight months pregnant. I know, I know. You're a furnace. Horrible. <laughs> I'm Emily Cronin, and this is Fashion Unzipped. With me are Charlie Gowans Eglinton. Hi. And you just heard Lisa Armstrong. Hello. Thanks for being here. Today, we're zooming through the top fashion news stories of the day, starting with the latest royal christening, or as I like to think of it, a lot of pomp and circumstance around an Anglican male's first time in drag. <laughs> but not the last. Possibly, possibly not. I'm sure there'll be photo <laughs> documentation of that. <laughs> On Monday, members of the royal family attended the christening of Prince Louis at St. James's Palace. Despite this being a private family affair, it also turned into another excuse to indulge in some royal watching. Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge, wore a cream Alexander McQueen dress with a coordinating floral headpiece by British milliner Jane Taylor. The Duchess of Sussex opted for olive green Ralph Lauren and a Stephen Jones hat, while Auntie Pippa, herself pregnant, wore ice blue Alessandra Rich. And don't forget the toddlers. Yesterday, I received emails from not one but two children's wear brands claiming that Princess Charlotte was wearing one of their headbands. That's funny. Uh, And this is, you know, a headband that, Mm. like, really any crafty person could make with a glue gun and a bit of Grogan ribbon. But um, christening's not really part of my usual frame of reference. So is is mother of the baby dressing a thing? Like, is this now a life event? Forget Charlotte's uh, headband because it was Kate's headband that everyone's going crazy about. Because that? Instead of it looked very Anne Boleyn to me. (laughs) Yeah, 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 sort of. Or Anne of Cleves. It was definitely unusual because it wasn't (laughs) a hat and it wasn't a fascinator. It didn't sit on the crown. It really was a headband, but sort of an Easter bonnet kind of headband. Maybe the Sloan's coming back. We've seen the headbands creeping in. I'm dying to wear a turban, people. I'm just, you know, I, I, feel it, I feel it's coming. The time is coming. I think you have to be a real diva to wear a turban. I can see you just in a turban. Like a purple I, I have to say, I tried a turban and it was quite fetching, but I just haven't quite got the nerve yet. Because you really do have to have the attitude to go with. But anyway, christenings, not my area of expertise either, Emily. I mean, my children weren't christened. But I think that everything now is, a, is an occasion for dressing. It's just incredible how there is no downtime from the requirements of Instagram. 
It's true, but I'm, I, mean, I mean, I suppose the labour, the actual labour yet, we haven't yet got the, the sort of um, the appropriate for Jazzle look sorted out. Oh, well, I, there was a Kylie Jenner <laughs> labour award video. Yes, so, that's true. You know, that went pretty close. a matter of time. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not going to be the I first. suppose you are having a lot of pictures taken of you as the mother of the baby. Normal people, I imagine, less so, but... Do people book photographers? I've never been to a christening. We're really well briefed to no, talk about no, this. No, no, I'm a godparent. I have been <laughs> okay. at that altar. So do people... A bogus godparent because, you know, being Jewish, you're not really, godless. you're not supposed to no. be at the altar. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm godless, so I'd be useless in this scenario. But do people book photographers like they do for weddings? But also, is it a thing like, like she was wearing cream, i.e. white. She was like a backdrop for the baby. You're supposed to match the christening gown? I no. Think she's worn pale blue for Please George's tell us. Unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. <laughs> because we clearly don't know what we're talking about. Um, this is our beat. We write about fashion. We should be joyful and, and victorious that every single breathing, waking moment of one's life is a potential fashion moment. But I don't know. I, I'm sensing some squeamishness. Last week, I was interviewing India Hicks, and her father was the very, very famous interior designer, David Hicks. And she was, she was great, India. She got a really good sense of humor, great sense of style. Obviously, you know, she grew up around these, her parents, both very, very stylish, granddaughter of Louis and Edwina Mountbatten. So she has some history there. She was bridesmaid to Princess Diana. And she was saying, you know, there were pros and cons to her childhood. Her father was a complete control freak about everything to do with matters aesthetic and he even styled his own funeral and the coffin had to be lined with a a certain fabric and um i just thought god that is the next business opportunity there will be stylists for what you wear get it wrong and i'll haunt you forever (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're going to be wearing it for some time true. i'm sorry if this brought everyone down but we all need to think about these things i wonder if pat mcgrath has ever been booked for a funeral (laughs) <laughs> very famous makeup artist great um, well what if you came back as a ghost in the outfit you'd been buried in oh you see this is what you have to think about need it. something really waffly timeless timeless, timeless <laughs> crucial <laughs> every moment we have to think about it all the time and in some ways I think this is absolutely amazing because it has made everybody raise their game okay so here, there I was in a country pub a few weeks ago I looked around and everybody was in, all the women rather, were wearing sort of floaty floral dresses a la mode. And I was thinking a few years ago, everybody would have been in jeans and a top and probably with Hunters. some whale tail, you know, showing and mid- muffin top and blah, blah, blah. And how lovely everyone looks now that obviously it's, this is partly that fashion ha- is, is providing us with a very easy way to look nice this summer, you know, with these floaty fit and flare dresses. But I do... I do think maybe we we have all raised our game as well, which is an upside of social media that isn't really talked about. We all talk about the downside and how it's turned us all into these heinous narcissists. But people are taking much more care and joy in what they wear. And they they really like dressing up. I think it's the young royals as well, because I agree. seeing them so often, you know, we, we haven't had women of this age and and this kind of style persuasion since Diana. And just look at how everybody loved to see what Diana was wearing and to emulate her looks. And she really set trends. And now that we've got Kate and Megan, we've got two of them with very different styles. You know, they're both trying to do duchess-appropriate fashion yes. now, but, but coming from completely different points of view. Um, 
And I think it's giving us all back a little bit of that joy in dressing up. Yes. Well, and it's enough to make it, make it so that we almost didn't miss the Queen. Oh, sacrilege. Poor Louis. I mean, I mean if we're going to have British three. <laughs> I am. I wore a hat. I proved it. I read your copy. <laughs> but uh, these women are wonderful stand-ins for Her Majesty, and it's nice to have nice people to look at. But Charlie, tell us what Prince Louis himself was wearing, because this is, you know, he was supposedly the centerpiece of this whole okay, extravaganza. So, so the little prince was wearing a garment known as the Honiton Christening Gown. It's a replica of the dress that Queen Victoria commissioned for her firstborn, a daughter baptised in 1841. So modern, modern choice. Super modern. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking 1600s, are we? <laughs> Christening's not be traditional. I think it's quite sweet. And also, leading by example, boy wearing dress. Way to go. Yeah, gender fluid, royal yes. family. I like it. I saw Yasmin Lebon at a dinner a few weeks ago, and she's incredibly extraordinarily become a grandmother. What? <laughs> Yasmin still looks about oh 30. Goodness. And she has this, and, um, this little boy. And, um, but her daughter had been sent loads of clothes by friends, some of which were girls' clothes. I don't quite know how that worked. Why would you send... Anyway, and her daughter's reaction was, bring it on. I love these clothes. He's wearing the dresses. He's wearing the dresses. They're really nice, too good to waste. He's wearing a dress. And when you look at portraits of, say, Gainsborough's period or even before that, little boys wore dresses till they were maybe three or four. Oh, they're so cute. I mean, why waste good fabric? It does also solve the problem if you only have one child and you were perhaps expecting the other. Yes. Or you just would relish the opportunity to be able to shop both. Well, I'm having a boy Sexes and I know that he will oh, be wearing he will be realize. he will be wearing some of uh, his older sister's sweetest baby dresses, even if it's only for a few minutes at a, at a time at home, because they're too no they're can, too pretty to wear. No one can tell anyway. I have these, like, smocked Italian, you know, little confections. And I, I, I mean, sorry, the, baby. The, these kinds of gender boundaries <laughs> are, very, are very recent anyway. You know, it's only in the 1940s that pink became the color for girls. It was the color for boys. And then I think some marketing teams at New York department stores, it's always America, uh, thought, how can we shift How can we shift some more baby clothes? I know, we'll tell everyone that if you have a boy, you have to dress them in blue, switch it around, and that's what happened. And then suddenly, you know, it becomes incredibly controversial when a man wears pink. Well, actually, I think that if there's one designer who, who could change that and, and bring it back, it's Alessandra Michele. And, um, and actually, Gucci kids wear is doing a pop-up shop on Net-A-Porte from next weekend. Mm. It's Net's first time ever doing kids wear. Um, and the collection includes logo jumpers, tiny furry mules, and mini, like, dowager Duchess of Devonshire cardigans for babies, girls, and boys up to age 12. And I'm sure it's going to fly. They aren't <laughs> saying whether the next star in the Net-A-Porte galaxy will be Net-A-Bebe or perhaps Mini-Porter. But luxury children's wear is one of the fastest growing sectors of the fashion industry. It's worth 1.4 billion, according to Euromonitor, and rising. Analysts say it's all about Instagram. Do you find luxury children's wear extraordinarily distasteful? Or Yes, and I can't really be very, um, you know, I'm not that logical or rational about it. It's just so different from the way I was brought up. It's just setting these, it seems to me it's setting kids up to be the most spoilt, Diva-esque brats. You know, I'm sure there are absolutely charming, delightful children running around in £40,000 mink <laughs> Gucci couture. Um, Faux mink. You, you, 
Oh, yeah, it would be foam ink from Gucci. This is very true. Well, well, it's all, all right then, isn't it? Um, no, I don't like it. There is some, I, I do sort of like like the practical side of me does rebel against it a little because, I mean, babies and kids wear things for five minutes and they're destroyed or they outgrow them. You know, when you look at a little hand ruched dress or something and, and, and that's lovingly made by hand, it, I don't know, I feel fine about that. So I obviously I haven't worked out my argument yet. It just every sort of cell in me just instinctively thinks that dressing your child in mini-me designer brands is not not quite right. But I maybe I'm rather old-fashioned on that. But shouldn't you be doing other things with that money? But then well, but I, might I don't judge? know. I mean, then there's also the point, like, there is a phase, at least, that I remember after I had my twins, where, like, I was not shopping for myself. You know, just was had mm. no interest in, like, re-engaging with the fitting room and kind of channeled True. that all into really cute onesies with, like, animal faces on the bum and yes. smock dresses. And, you know, if you, now you it's nice to shop for someone. But um, <laughs> your, your bebe. Um, yeah, but but I I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's not realistic. Charlie, for most what do of you think world. of someone who hasn't quite got to the children stage yet? I mean, the, you can be objective. For me, I mean, I understand wanting to kind of buy beautifully crafted things or kind of real leather shoes or you know something that doesn't feel fast fashion doesn't feel throwaway and keeping that and you know handing it on to a friend's child or etc but the prices in this range it's from 100 to 2122 pounds i don't own anything that i can think of that what is worth 2122 pounds and i'm you know give or take a stone the same size that i have been for the last i don't know 15, 20 years. I, I'm not growing. I still don't spend that much money on my clothes. I just it's not can't. for you, though. I just, <laughs> but I can't wrap my head around spending yeah. two, two grand on something that they'll outgrow. Good for the very petite, because a, a little boy size 12 is the size of a petite woman. And yeah. you don't pay tax on children. Yeah, also there, there, are, there are backpacks and hats. Tiny and backpacks. People with really small are feet. Are handbags? Will... Handbags? <laughs> <laughs> Handbags? I think so. I think well, uh, the mini bag is a thing. Watch the space. So that's fine. That's I mean, fine. I, Listen, we're all going to shop the Gucci kids collection. So let's just move <laughs> on to something so hypocritical. Tell us what you think about uh, about luxury fashion for kids. Would you, wouldn't you, does the whole thing appall you? We're on Unzipped at Telegraph.co.uk. In other life event news, B. Schaefer, a.k.a. Anna Wintour's daughter, married photographer Francesco Carazzini at Wintour's Long Island estate over the weekend. There was a total social media ban that kept most of this ceremony and its details under wraps, no doubt preserving everything for an upcoming Vogue exclusive. But some photos of Schaefer in her gown have surfaced. And in them, we can see that she's wearing a long-sleeved white silk gown with a square neckline and puff shoulders, completing the romantic look with a gauzy tulle veil. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to me, this was in such contrast to every other wedding that we've seen lately where there are cutesy hashtags and everyone is fully briefed on the Instagram policies and strategies just to have a total blackout. It's such a power move, isn't it? I think it's very nice it wasn't on social media. But on the other hand, I do like looking at weddings on social media. So mm. I know, but it's, it's that torn. sort of like dirty thing of like, I'm not there. I wasn't invited, especially if it's someone you sort of know. 
but I'm following the hashtag and I'm looking at everything that I can. And Also quite nice as a bride to be able to control the pictures going out there because when you've put so much thought into mm. how you're going to look on the day, people take terrible phone pictures. My mother, she's not ever taken a nice picture of anyone, including me, on a phone. If she was let loose at somebody's wedding and put something up on Instagram, they'd be upset. I was in a <laughs> wedding where the bride's aunt posted a picture of the bride getting her makeup done, like touched up and her hair touched up in her gown on Facebook before the ceremony. There were fireworks. People, there were fireworks. Okay, Charlie, so I'm very, very interested in your in your mother, the non-photographer, because I have a lot of those in my family. It's nothing to do with the way I look, okay? It's their bad angles. Uh, that's what, this is objectively I, true, by the way, because last <laughs> week I said to my husband, if I get myself a present of sending you on a half-day photography course, would you be offended? I think that's such a good idea. But I take such kind pictures of people. And, I do too, and, and I, even kinder of myself. <laughs> Exactly. And then I just don't share it if it's not a nice picture. Never. Whereas my mother will send it to our family WhatsApp group and then I'll just wake up in the morning and there's a picture of me looking like an absolute no, troll. No, I, I, I'm there. I feel your pain. And I don't understand how these people, no offence to your mum, <laughs> but they look at their handiwork and it's a bit like those people who go on Britain's Got Talent and they have absolutely no talent. Like, can you not see that as the worst photograph ever? It's, some people just don't have an eye, but I, I don't understand it because, you know, he'll send me these pictures and, and I'll be like, wait, was this a mistake? Or did you mean to send me the picture so, where I Jabba the so what's the, <laughs> what, what is the etiquette? Can you, can you get in touch with someone who's put a horrible picture of you up on social media and say, I'm not a vain person, but... <laughs> Absolutely you can. You own your image, right? If it's a close friend, you can. Otherwise, you just have to untag it from your profile. And everybody and... knows this, I'm assuming. But, you know, those images that are on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they get out onto Google. There is no getting those babies back. They're like, you know, the most disobedient terrier dog ever. They're never coming home. And now Facebook is experimenting with facial recognition. So... It'll be able well, to it, even tag photos of you that aren't think, tagged. I don't think that would work on pictures. My I'm not having it. I mean, the revolution starts here, guys. <laughs> it's fine. She's got a new iPhone now. So hopefully it's all uphill have from you, here. Have you already got the Harry Potter filters in? And snap, is it Snapseed, the nice beauty one? Oh, no, I've not heard of it. Oh, Snapseed? that's a good one. Snapseed, right? a glamour down. glow on it. Uh, I mean, obviously there's gazillions. Um, but Some of them are terrifying. Somebody showed me 365 beauty or something Ooh, and I'm awful <laughs> you just take a normal picture and then you can put makeup on your face it's oh no really yes it's unusual. called snapseed i like that one there's one called beauty plus i think that might be the one See, that i need this i put up a horrible selfie um the other day because i wanted the world to know that i've been on women's hour i saw that i love that so i only taken a terrible selfie because it was down lighting and i didn't want the presenters of women's hour to see me taking a selfie with the women's hour wall so oh, I did it really fast. I like you doing a selfie with a woman's hat. Why haven't you taken a selfie in the Fashion and Zip studio lately? Hmm? Well, we're going to do that hmm? yeah, absolutely momentarily. Post, post, and then I'm going to script. use Snapseed to make myself look better. The problem is the lighting in here. Can I just say, Charlie, the oh. lighting is diabolical. We should get your mom here to <laughs> take a picture of No, no, we need. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say the name of a photographer that we, we would never be able to use anymore because they've been disgraced. Mm. I mean, this is the problem. The flattering photographers have all been disgraced. Oh. I think that you should write a beauty column about the beauty apps. It's an excellent idea, and I am going to And do a public that. service. It's a public service. Although, those women that you don't recognise them when you meet them in person. You've been following them on Instagram. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because you don't recognise them. 
So, you know, you don't know that you don't know to shame them. <laughs> and their hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, like what they see. Probably good for anonymity, actually. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't have anyone rushing up to you on the street. Yeah, just make yourself look completely different. <laughs> New Burberry designer Ricardo Tisky, official title Chief Creative Officer, has yet to show a full collection, but he's already making moves that suggest what he has in mind for the British heritage brand. Tisky and Vivian Westwood have announced that they will launch a limited edition collaboration of, quote, reimagined styles from her legendary archive in December. Announcing the link up on Instagram, Tisky wrote, Vivian Westwood was one of the first designers who made me dream to become a designer myself. And when I first started at Burberry, I knew it would be the perfect opportunity to approach her to do something. She is a rebel, a punk, and unrivaled in her unique representation of British style, which has inspired so many of us. I am incredibly proud of what we will be creating together. What do you think? I think it's really intriguing and fun and quite sort of open-hearted. You know, I like it. It's different, no? Well, you, you are looking really unimpressed. I, I, well, you know, he's ticking that box because it's such a British brand and it was a surprising move maybe for them to bring in a non-British designer. I mean, I know he studied at St Martin's, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, this is already being done because um, uh, Pier Paolo uh, Piccioli at Valentino has used um, Sandra, Rhodes. Sandra Rhodes' prints and she's been at his shows. And actually, I thought that was really wonderful because aged... Ooh, 80-something. You know, how amazing for her to see her wonderful designs get some recognition again. Because actually, this summer has been so Zandra Rhodes-inspired, even if people haven't really realised what they've been referencing. Zandra then reissued archive pieces, but she's not still designing in the same way that Westwood is. You know, I find it slightly odd that two brands who are still showing at the same time, you know, Westwood hasn't retired. She's handed the reins over to her husband Andreas but you know she's still very involved I I understand more when say Louis Vuitton do all those collaborations with artists mm. and those become collector's items you know Christie sell all the Vuitton Coons and the Vuitton Steven Sprouse and the Vuitton Kasama bags because mm-hmm. they they are collector's items I, I don't really get a designer collaborating with another designer. I just think just it's fun. Thing. Well, here's the thing that's weird about it to me, is that he hasn't made any statements yet about what his Burberry is going to look like. And he's already opening it up to embrace someone else's interpretation and vision. It, it sort of smacks of like the Vetmont thing of, in one of our early collections, we're going to have everything be a collaboration. Yes, but don't forget, this is not coming into the stores until December, by which time we will have seen Tisky's sort of first shot at Burberry. I mean, I, I just think, hey, look, it's new, it's quite fun, and it's piquing my interest. And I think at a time where probably almost everything has been designed, <laughs> it's about this now. It is about creating these sort of discussion points I suppose it's also continuing a strategy that he started at Givenchy of bringing in creatives from other fields. Like he worked a lot with um, Marina Abramovich. Mm. And but as Charlie said, they're artists. They're this artists. Is, this it's is, a different... I, I mean, I do take your point that it's muddying the water somewhat, but I also think it's a big show of confidence, really, because it's like, okay, we're a brand and you're a brand, albeit Vivian is, must be a much smaller brand than Burberry. But, you know, artists I, do collaborations all the time. I wonder what it's like, though, you know, having them both be designers when they 
are they actually together in a room? Are they just submitting drawings to each other? I wonder how much FaceTime they've had. And I wonder if that's tricky because surely he's kind of just in the at the point of asserting authority at Burberry. And to have her come in, I imagine she's quite a whirlwind character with huge ideas. I'm sure that it'll be on his terms. I'm sure it'll all be, you know, very, very Burberry-led. But, I mean, this is part of his new strategy is um, what's been suggested in the trade press is that he wants to get people excited and, and kind of keep the attention mm. coming with these, I mean, in like a very ADD culture that we have now by having constant drops of newness and really sort of reject just the standard seasonal model in, in favor of of pockets of novelty every couple months as talking and that, points. And, that is what and it'll work. Is, it'll work. And that's what's working for Gucci so well. Yes. I mean, all the brands are trying to do it with their, with their resorts. Just a lot of the clothes are quite similar across from brand to brand. So how do you create a point of difference? I just hope it isn't what Emily said. You know that vet mold collection of shoes by Manolo, jeans by Levi's, tracksuits by Juicy Couture. For Burberry. I hope the show, at least, is his vision. Are you guys intrigued, excited to shop the new Burberry? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. And of course, visit telegraph.co.uk slash fashion for more on these and other stories. Well, we're nearly finished, but it is time for us to go around the table and share what we're all excited about this week. Charlie? So mine is another podcast, but nothing like ours, apart from maybe our cattiest uh, it's called Dear Joan and Jerrica. Oh my god, I started listening to this over the weekend. It's I'm so downloading good. it good. It's so good. So it's um it's Julie Davis and Vicky Pepperdine. So they're not actually called Joan and Jerrica, but basically they're these vile agony aunts. Um and the questions are kind of oh, you know, I'm a 51-year-old mother of an 11-year-old boy and the other mothers aren't friends with me and you know, what can I do when they their answers are, well, you, you left it too late and you've you've made a mistake and, you know, obviously they don't want to hang out with you. You're too old. And the sex stuff is just oh hilarious. They always make it about the about the woman. They always make it her fault. Oh, it's they're just kind of these awful, sexist, outdated views, but that you can actually, you know, I think we've all had relatives or, you know, heard someone saying something similar. So you, you can really believe it almost for a minute so if anybody walked past me this morning kind of so walked past Highbury Fields just cracking up by myself um, I was listening to Joan and Jerrica and I recommend you all do the same thing I have to give a little hat tip to um, the Hilo which is of course another podcast that Charlie Jones produces which is where I heard of Dear Joan and Jerrica I'm not surprised they have got amazing taste in podcasts they do they find good ones I and uh, recommended ours yeah, they, they did. They recommended ours. So we'll, you know, say thanks for turning us on to that one. Lisa, what about you? What are you excited about? Well, I, I'm going on holiday to Greece. I'm excited about that. Uh, the packing. I'm the world's worst packer. I mean, how can that be when I travel so much? I think it is because I travel so much, actually. I allowed Carolina Assome, who's one of our contributing writers, to stay in my room in Paris last Monday night because she got... Her interview fell through and was postponed and blah, blah. There was no room at the inn unless it was my bed. And she said to me, I cannot believe how much you pack. And I said, the thing is, I have to bring all the vitamins and all of this and all of that because 
okay, you could just say, you're just going away for three days. Can you not live without your vitamins and your, you know, massage this and the blah, blah, and the special shampoo? I said, but I'm always going away. Lisa turns up to Fashion Week. <laughs> I know, with the Nutribullet. <laughs> the Nutribullet. I probably won't take and the then, Nutribullet. And then, spent, and then spent, you know, five days in Milan trying to find a shop <laughs> where shops. she could buy a bag of spinach. Emily, what are you excited about this week? Well, I've missed a couple of weeks, so I've been saving up. Um, I'm going to do two. First one is this weekend I'm going to a new restaurant that that opens, I think, t- officially today. It's um, the, the follow-up to Kitty Fisher's. Oh, yes. the And, and she's another courtesan, isn't yes, she? Yes, Cora Pearl. Yes, I love these names. I you love see, the names. You could call your son Cora. Really go the full way. The dresses and Cora, the Cora. Cora Cronin would be a great name. Yes. That, alas, not for my son. But stop being so old fashioned. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Kitty Fisher's is the London restaurant that like made a symphony of you know bread and butter. It's, mm. it's amazing, and uh, I have I have a very discerning friend in town from LA who will only go to the best places. I so. envy you going there. It's so it's um because Kitty Fisher's so wonderful and so tiny. Yeah, hard to get tables. Well, it's Cora's quite small as well, I believe. I managed to get a table. I'll report back. I'm I'm expecting really good things. Um, and then the other thing is, it's more personal. So, guys, my dad wrote a book. It's That's actually amazing. his second self-published book. Wow, is it a book about his daughter? <laughs> no, I, I do appear. <laughs> I, I am in it. But um, he's an eye surgeon who had to leave medicine when he was diagnosed with a very advanced form of cancer. So this book, is, it's called Practice, and it's about what he's learned from both sides of the medical establishment, how to be a good patient, how to kind of improve your your outcomes. And it's very sweet. He had like the book designed and he sent us all copies of this book. But he also put it on Amazon because you can order self-published books on Amazon. And he told me yesterday that someone in Australia bought one. <laughs> I love that he's micro-tracking. Well, he's, and he's like, he's like, M, leave a review. <laughs> can you leave one from Max and Ella also? I did start reading the book last night, Dad. It's it's, it's great true. so far. I love the dedication. And uh, and thank you to Charlie's relatives in Australia who bought one copy and yep. made him very happy. I'm relieved because I thought this might be another My Dad Wrote a Porno, that very successful podcast. Yes. That could have could have gone a That would also way. be fascinating. Maybe could you that's get book him three. to write a porno next time? Because our ratings are going to shoot up. It's true. <laughs> you know, my grandma actually told me, like, Emily, if you ever write a book, don't just write a book. Write a dirty book. So oh, she was ahead of her Mills time. And Boone, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but Mills and Boone don't pay anymore. Some of mm. them do. I've looked into it quite Oh, when I finished my GCSEs, I was going to write a Mills and Boone. I sent away for the kit and everything. I was very industrious. What's in the kit? Like a typewriter and a, no, and a feather give you the t- <laughs> No, but they kind of gave you some, some books and, and like um, some, some kind of structural help. Okay. Yeah, but then it was a very hot summer and nah, <laughs> didn't do it. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped.